almost sounds like a hip-hop beat right there. This is Vocab Malone. I'm a host here on 1360 KPXQ. I host a show called Urban Theologian Radio. Check us out at UrbanTheologianRadio.com. We talk about doctrine, theology, and apologetics. We sometimes debate atheists on the show. We have Bible scholars, guests. It's a good show. It has a little bit of an urban flair, as you might have guessed. And uh, here I am in the studio and uh, filling in for Tom Brown today. Koinonia, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope if you've been with us, I hope you've been enjoying it. If not, welcome to the show. And uh, we've been talking about three reasons why you should study black church history, and then we're breaking you off some dudes who are from black church history. We're in the middle of Lemuel Haynes, but as promised, my co-host today, Jay Miles, is going to drop a 16-bar verse off of his Christian hip-hop release, The Slave Trade. And if you like what you hear, go on iTunes and put in J. Miles Slave Trade, and you'll be able to find it. So, J. Miles, you got that 16 ready? Yep. Drop go. it. Cool. So, this is from a song called Slave Trade. The name of the EP is Slave Trade, but there's also a song called Slave Trade. And here's the third verse. It goes, The slave trade was my emancipation proclamation. His mere proclamation that led to my emancipation. Now the contemplation of the consummation awaits the celebration of his congregation's conjugation. Was curious, who is this curious? Said his name was King Jesus and he made me his doulas, his slave. The fact that he was the king immediately got me thinking. For him to stoop so low and die for me means he's a suffering servant. Like LeBron James, the king abandoned his home to come down south and wait in another zone. He came and got me. That's what we call adopting. Died for me, his enemy. That's how he shows his agape love. Surrendered all my rights. You could say that he caught me. Because he's metamorphic, that's probably why he rocks me. Now he's my one desire. It's only him that I'm needing. I'm free to be his slave, but his slavery's feeling like freedom. I counted three Greek words in that. (laughs) And then on top of that, we're on Koinonia. So, hey, we're just dropping the Greek left and right today here. Hey, that was tight, man. Thank you. All right, so let's pick up Lemuel Haynes. Uh, He's converted. He's with the Rose family. And here's one of my favorite stories about this brother. They used to sometimes read as devotions by the fireplace. They would read sermons of their favorite uh, Puritan pastors of the day. You know, they would read Whitfield. They would read uh, these different dudes, Edwards. And one time, uh, after Haynes reads a sermon to the family that adopted him in, uh, they say, hey, uh, whose who's sermon was that? Was that uh, Davies or Watts or Whitfield's? And uh, Haynes says, it's Lemuel's sermon. He slipped in one of his own and read his sermon to the family, and they <laughs> thought it was tight like that. And so that's kind of the beginning of the Lord working with him, not even just making him a Christian, but making him a pastor. Eventually, he settles down and as a pastor of a mainly white congregation for 30 years. And this is... Wow. Uh, this is, uh, you know, in the late 1700s, 1800s when he's doing this. And for 30 years, he was a pastor of a mainly white congregation. So that's cross-cultural ministry. So what you think about Haynes with all, that's kind of like the crazy part to you, right? Yeah, man. I, I think it's phenomenal how even in the 1800s, he was able to navigate um, just the culture of that day and actually pastor a people group that looked nothing like him. And that typically wouldn't have probably even stood for a black man uh, shepherding them in those ways. So I think, ah, uh, man, that that is is countercultural. It is, I mean, phenomenal how a 
ahead of its time that that is um the fact that he even knew he knew multiple languages he knew greek and latin when people that looked like him didn't even know how to read english right um th- there's just so much uh that is robust and there's good things to know about these men and so Lemuel Haynes is definitely a great example of... He started there in 1788, and he was a pastor, but also an apologist. So he fought against deism, because deism was this religion of the day that really elevated man's reason unaided, unfettered, not needing the constraints, as it were, of special revelation, meaning we can kind of reason our way up to God, and God set everything up, but he's not really interested in personal relationships so we ain't got to worry about it we just run the show with our you know thoughts figuring stuff out along the way he not only battled deism but more explicitly universalism which taught that really there's no hell and that everybody gets to be saved you know what i'm saying my friend ramon fellow pastor with me at roosevelt he said it's like those uh marathons people do for charity where everybody runs and at the end everybody's a winner he said that's like universalism everybody you know you live life in a hey everybody gets to go to heaven it's all good and so he preached a sermon against this called universal salvation a very ancient doctrine and he said that that's the lie that satan told eve way back in genesis where he said you will surely not die and haynes said yo this doctrine goes all the way back it's to back to then, it's ultimately satanic in origin and combated really well-known proponents of universalism in his day. So he was not just a pastor, but a pastoral apologist. Now, the sad thing about his story is at the end, the congregation eventually, for lack of a better word, turned on him. And he made it kind of almost a joke, but said it, it's as if one day they realized suddenly I was black. And uh, this congregation, you know, kicked him out. And he continued on in ministry. But uh, that ain't easy. But even his last sermon to them is very heartfelt and not bitter. A good guy through yeah. and through. Yeah. Now, Jay Miles, let's end with Haynes. Can you read a snapshot of his epitaph? What's on his tombstone, which is a track in and of itself? What's it say? Yeah, it says, Here lies the dust of a poor, hell-deserving sinner who ventured into eternity trusting wholly on the merits of Christ for salvation. Ooh. So biblical. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go from Haynes to Payne. Daniel Payne lived from 1811 to 1893, an educator, a pastor, and an abolitionist. Now, let me tell you one thing we're doing. Urban Theologian Radio and Roosevelt Community Church, those are two uh, organizations I'm affiliated with, um, we're doing a social media campaign all through February and actually 30 days total, so not just February. We're each day on social media through Twitter, so if you go to Twitter and you type in at Urban Theologic, and if you go on uh, Facebook.com slash Urban Theologian Radio, every day we release a new picture. We're doing the series called 30 Black Christians You Should Know. So Haynes is on there. You can see his picture. You can get a little more information about him as well as a link to find out more. Uh, Douglas, who we're going to do, is on there. And Daniel Payne is on there. But give people a flavor of these little bios that we're doing through social media. Can you read Jay Miles, the Daniel Payne one? And maybe I'll interrupt and we'll kind of we'll play it from there. Cool. Yeah, man. He was uh, the first black American president of a black college. Uh, he was born in Charleston, South Carolina, and he mastered math in three languages. Phenomenal. Yeah. So so he was freeborn. Now, that was a rare gift if you were black, especially in South Carolina. But that's a beautiful thing. And he didn't just use it to his own advantage. He used it to serve others. And uh, nobody would really teach him. So he learned not just learned, but mastered math as well as three languages. I mean, these are smart people. I mean, look, 
How many of us know three languages? You know the old joke, right? Uh, Jay Miles, what do you call someone who knows three languages? I don't know. Trilingual. No, <laughs> that's, that's not the joke. What do you call someone who knows two languages? Bilingual. Bilingual, right. What do you call someone who knows one language? American. Ah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, okay. All right. So, uh, but I'm saying, wow. you know, it's hard enough. Wow. But imagine being in this situation where there's all these laws against slaves and even free black people even getting taught. I mean, yo, slavery was so wicked and evil that people that call themselves Christians would make laws saying, you can't teach someone how to read the Bible. Hmm. They would make laws that would say, I know you're married, but you can be split apart and your family can be ripped apart. Hmm. You couldn't even. You couldn't even live up to the covenant of marriage because of these exterior rules of slavery forced upon you where your family could be torn asunder any second. So he was driven from the South by this legislation that uh, would prohibit educating blacks. Then what happened? What did he do next, J. Miles? Man, he uh, moved up north, and he attended seminary and became, the, uh, became an African Methodist Episcopal pastor and helped found Wilberforce University and was also an abolition advocate. Yeah, now so the AME came about because uh, Richard Allen uh, was with some other folks, and in the middle of them praying in a service where they were really touched by the Lord, it was a a black and white service, uh, white deacons came and pulled off some black folks from their knees saying, you can't be down here in the front. Wow. And so Richard Allen said, there ain't no place for us. We're going to have to start our own church. He didn't want it that way, but if you can't even— do if you can't even pray in the midst of a Christian congregation in the in the in a certain spot because your color, what you gonna do? So Allen starts AME. Payne was part of that later on. That's the African Methodist Episcopal uh, denomination. Uh, helped found Wilberforce University. And of course, also wrote against slavery. He had a great essay called "Slavery Brutalizes Man." Mm-hmm. So Daniel Payne is really a Christian educator. Everywhere he went, he was setting up schools for people. Everywhere he went, he was educating. Everywhere he went, his main goal though was to not just teach people to teach them, but to teach them so they could know the Lord. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Just his his, his robust understanding of discipleship and yeah. what, it, what it meant to actually um, teach people from the Scriptures because the Scriptures had the authority. Um, it's phenomenal. Now, at our church, Roosevelt Community Church, right now we're doing a little sermon series called We Shall Overcome, God Works for His Church in History. If you want to hear some of those sermons, go to RooseveltChurch.org. Ramon Pierre, the lead pastor there, just preached last Sunday on Daniel Payne. Jay Miles, you were hanging out with us in the congregation. Any maybe final thoughts in that sermon, or even, for example, if you want to comment on, you know, some things Payne said against about preaching or about the songs you sing. Any kind of thoughts though from the sermon in general? Yeah, about I think Payne. I think Ramon did a great job of just showing how he yeah. uh, wanted a robust theology in preaching and in music uh, because we're learning about God in both of those arenas. So I thought that was great. All right, well, we're running out of time, so. We got one more guy to go. He's only going to get a minute and a half. It's a shame because I love this guy. The third guy we're going to learn about today is Frederick Douglass. Jay Miles, what do you want to say about Douglass? The Man. floor is yours. Yeah, Frederick Douglass was born into slavery, um, but he actually gained his, gained his freedom by running away, and uh, he taught himself how to read. And in his autobiography, he actually ends it speaking to um, why slavery was such a bad thing, especially in light of those who would claim Christ. Right. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal book. Uh, he even taught a secret Sunday school yeah. for slaves, this guy. But what yeah. else do you like about him? Yeah, man, I, I love the fact that, I mean, um, just as we see with a lot of these men, that they weren't bitter against the Lord, even in the midst of having men 
hold them as slaves who claim to be believers. Uh, they weren't bitter against God, and they didn't turn away from God, which, once again, is just evidence of God's providence in the yeah. hearts of his people, and God is faithful to redeem those who he, who he redeems and uh, sanctify them. And, hey, love, love is a Christ, is the Christian ethic. So I think we see those realities in these men. Last thing I'm going to read from him is about his conversion, where he says this, I saw the world in a new light, and my great concern was to have everybody converted. My desire to learn increased, and especially did I want a thorough acquaintance with the contents of the Bible. That's Douglas's own words regarding his own conversion. That is a black Christian you need to know. Frederick Douglass, 1818 to 1895. We come back, we'll uh, maybe kick one more verse, and we'll do an outro prayer. J. Miles, thanks for joining me today, thanks man. Thanks for having me, man. It's good to Tom be Brown, thanks for letting us sit in your chair. See you back in a bit on Quinnia Radio with Vocab and J. Miles.